The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving away in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. Grace and peace to you all on this first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of our new church year. And I pray that God may bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts here and now in this time and place. Amen. I'd like to begin this morning by sharing a story with you all. A story that, in light of our scripture today, has been on my mind. It happened the week before final exams, my junior year of college. I woke up early for my classes that day, and I saw that I had a missed call and voice message from my sister. As she doesn't usually call me at four in the morning, I listened to the message with a sinking feeling in my stomach. She said, Daddy's had a little accident. She used the word little to describe my father's accident, but it was anything but that. When I called her back, I found out that in the middle of the night and half asleep, he had fallen down the hard basement steps to the concrete floor below. It was not something any of us could have anticipated. No one could have predicted it, and there was no way to prepare for it. Now, I'll reassure you, despite a broken vertebrae and a broken wrist, my father healed, slowly but surely. And in the months that followed, his recovery was accompanied by incredible amounts of prayer and a response of caring action from all the members of our community. And so I've been remembering this story lately and thinking how often life is like this. So often we walk through life half asleep, 
unaware of when these unexpected moments are going to arrive and break our normal routine. It's been especially on my mind as we enter this season of Advent when we anticipate well-known Christmas traditions being fulfilled, not the unpredictable. We carefully plan what will be on our Christmas dinner table, and perhaps we're pretty sure of the gifts that we might get this year. But it is in these rituals, within the status quo, that the unpredictable lingers. And when we are told, the Son of Man will arrive. It may seem odd that our readings for today, all in their own way, predict the second coming of Christ, the Son of Man. While here in this place, we are just making preparations for the first advent of Christ. The moment when God entered the world incarnate. Incarnate meaning enfleshed with a body as a baby in Bethlehem. This baby, Jesus, who is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is our theme for this Advent season. God with us is what we are going to focus our attention on and celebrate at this exciting time at the beginning of the church calendar. This exciting time when we acknowledge how God enters our finite world and lives among us. We enter this new church year with a reminder that God is always with us through the whole thing. And yet, as I mentioned before, amidst our preparations for the first advent or coming of this Emmanuel, today's scripture urges us to prepare for Christ's second coming. I think many of us would agree it's difficult enough to prepare for the day we celebrate Jesus' first entry into the world. There are gifts to be bought, sweets to be baked, pageants and markets to attend, family to visit. It's challenging to get everything prepared in time. And we know when this day is going to arrive. And yet Jesus in this passage from Matthew is telling us to keep alert and keep awake for a day and hour in which nobody knows. Not even him. Naturally, questions come to mind. How do we prepare? What does it mean to be ready? And what does it mean to keep awake for a day and time that no one knows? Paul, in his letter to the Romans, tells us to be ready by putting on an armor of light. After hearing such beautiful images of peace in our psalm and the reading from Isaiah, this image of armor might seem rather militant. But let's think about what armor actually does. It protects. It protects the vulnerabilities that come with being human and having sin. 
so we can endure the trials of this life. And it also protects so that we can engage in actions of peace and justice-making in this often hostile world. And also, this armor of light reflects God's life-giving and nourishing love. But, putting, but this image of putting on armor of light is only helpful if we recognize that as humans, we cannot put on this armor by ourselves. This light that we wear like a second skin comes from the Holy Spirit, from our good God, something our human frames are not capable of getting into and carrying on our own. A seasonal example of how to think about this might be young children needing their parents' help in getting ready to play outside in the winter weather. On their own, they cannot put on thick mittens and pull on thick boots and zip up puffy snowsuits without toppling over knit hats askew, half-dressed for the weather. They need their parents to help provide and put on this protective layer before going out to make snow angels, to play and fill the world with laughter and joy. Just as parents bundle up their children before they enter the cold, harsh landscape, God provides God's children with an armor of light that enables us to reflect God's love in this world through our actions. And yet, even with the comfort of this armor of light, this gospel still may have disquieted our hearts. How, for one, do we reconcile with the words of Jesus that at, at that day and time, one will be taken and one will be left? Each going about their daily lives, making their own kinds of plans and preparations, and then suddenly, just as the flood from the story in Genesis, they are swept away. Now, while this reference to the flood that destroyed the earth might fill us with panic, I don't believe that Jesus' intention is to scare us with this image. I don't believe here in this text it's meant to be an image of destruction but rather an example of the life-altering unexpectedness of God in this world. This reference to floodwaters brings with it also an image of baptismal waters. Baptismal waters sweeping us up in God's love and promise. We are taken, captivated by God's presence overwhelmed by the Almighty with us. And we do not need to wait for some future point in time to experience God and God's kingdom in our world. God's vision of peace expressed in the psalm and Isaiah is that of living in a city of unity where we walk in God's paths this is a world where people beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. 
Nations do not lift weapons against each other, and people do not learn war anymore. It is a vision we are encouraged to walk toward with our eyes wide open and the Spirit as our guide. And it is a vision that at unexpected times bursts into this world like floodwaters. In these unpredictable moments, the kingdom of heaven is here and now, and God is with us, all of us. We can't prepare for God's presence in our lives. All we can do is look up from our daily grind and witness it. The only thing we can do is be present for it and be awake for it amidst our busy daily routines. And keeping awake is not about being on high alert all the time. I don't believe the embodied Christ would want to scare us into an exhausting, panicked pace of trying to be ready, as if God were around the corner waiting to sneak up on us. Rather, I think that Jesus is inviting us into a living faith in which we trust that we are already swept away by God, swept away by an unexpected flood of God's mercy. We need not walk toward God in an attempt to achieve a salvation that is already won, but rather we take steps towards God's vision of peace and we take steps towards making that vision a reality because we are overjoyed by the unexpected grace we have received. We respond to grace with actions of love toward our neighbors. We keep awake, wide-eyed like children, looking for God with us and amongst us out of sheer bliss and excitement. And that is what it means to prepare our hearts and minds for God's inbreaking to live with hearts and minds orientated toward God in the hope that in doing so, we will witness God's presence and God's love right in front of us. And so that is my challenge for us during this season of Lent, or season of Advent, to keep awake to the unexpected moments when, of peace when God seems to interrupt our everyday routines and all our plans and preparations, to allow ourselves to be present to God with us and resp- respond with actions that reflects God's love for humanity. For that's what these days of Advent are all about fixing our focus on these unpredictable moments when God in Christ breaks into our very world. Amen.